was when we went inside, and that is when we saw those people in those those pink cotton candy cocoons. Killer clowns, and, and they, they shot popcorn at us. We barely got away. Killer clowns from outer space. Holy shit. Hey, yo, mic check, headphone check. We are back in Madness Pod, officially episode 17. It's Sean the Butcher here with Vertebrae 33. How you doing? I'm good, Sean. How are you? I'm very good. I'm very good. We've been going back and forth with everything going on with this podcast and trying to improve with our little headphones we got here and try and make the listening experience better and going over our next movies and interacting with everyone on the socials. First off, I want to thank our buddy Mike from Panic Room Toys, who was on our latest Point Five, and all of our previous guests, Chef Brian from Mission Sandwich in Brooklyn, Brandon from Talking Bay 94 podcast, and we're setting up more guests uh, as we go along because these Point Fives, I think, are going to be very guest-heavy, probably less so than the movies, so we don't have to make people sit through two hours and 45 minutes of us going through uh, <laughs> random-ass horror movies or whatever i don't know maybe maybe there's some people who wanted to who want to do it night we'll owls find, like you we'll, we'll i'm like out. i'm like let's yeah. do it earlier and you're like can we go a little later and i'm like earlier yeah <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. it's oh. uh hard to wrangle us in in one place together at the same time uh, please i love that somebody on twitter was like is this finally gonna be the episode where you guys go pick up your sandwich and i was like what what, what are you crazy no no yeah, of course not, not happening not happening um, but this is the episode where we talk about your movie, Uh-oh. your jam. Well, before, what? before we hit it, before we hit it, let's, let's Uh-oh. hit the socials first. We're on, on all of the socials, everything, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, uh, threads, X, whatever you want to call it at in madness pod. We got our email in madness pod at gmail.com. Subscribe to our YouTube page, like comment give the five stars on all the podcast platforms we also have the in madness playlist which keeps on growing with all of the amazing soundtracks to most of these movies we're talking about we got some public enemy on there repping for john connor's shirt in terminator and terminator uh terminator 2 judgment day the movie we recently covered if you haven't checked that one out yet uh definitely give that a listen and all of our previous uh, in madness episodes shout outs to in madness monday if you're listening to this episode when it comes out on the day it's out uh it's my new favorite day of the week and, nice uh, you know sean i think uh, we should add a song to the playlist we should okay. add Ma- manic monday to the playlist manic monday because because of in madness monday <laughs> yeah okay yeah, that'll be one of the happier songs on the In Madness playlist. We have right. the Ronettes "Be My Baby" from our bar- Barbarian episode. Yeah, we could sandwich it between things that are horrific, and that's yes. fine. Yeah, yes, it's okay. Um, but yes, this movie is definitely one of my favorites, and and <laughs> I can tell just by the way you're saying it. Uh, we'll see what direction it takes, but um, as as we do. Every week on In Madness Pod Vertebrae, would you like to introduce us to episode I w- 17? I would. This episode 17, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. There it is. That'll be on the playlist for sure. All right. So released May 27th, 1988. Uh, 
it did come out on VHS in 1989. And I would say that's probably when everybody saw it. I don't know how many people actually saw this in the theater. And I think that's when it took off as a property. And then I think you can attest to this. It's grown a lot since then as a property. Um, We can get into it later. Ironically enough, there's never been a sequel to this movie. We can talk about that later. Oh, we get into it. Yeah. Uh, I love it. And uh, so this is written, directed, and produced by Charles, Charles, Stephen, and Edward Kyoto, I'm going to say Kyoto, Kyoto. Uh, I don't know. We pre- I watched the whole documentary with them on it. And I still can't remember how to pronounce it. But uh, so before they directed this, they worked on props and special effects and animation for Critters, History of the World Part One, Sword and the Sorcerer, and Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Uh, cool. So it certainly feels like they learned a lot on Pee Wee's Big Adventure that helped them with this film. Uh, the cast, I'm going to run through them kind of quickly. Is I don't know a lot of these people. There's one person that's a standout for me. Um, so there's Grant Kramer as Mike Tobacco. Suzanne Snyder as Debbie Stone. John Allen Nelson as Dave Hansen. John Vernon, who's the hero of this film for me, as Curtis Mooney. And we know him from Animal House, where he was Dean Vernon Werner, right? Dean Werner. Uh, Michael Siegel as Rich Terenzi, Peter Lacasse as Paul Terenzi, the Terenzi brothers, Royal Dano as the farmer, Gene Green, Charles Kyoto as Jojo the Clownzilla, and Christopher Titus making his movie debut as Bob McReed, and we'll get to where he is in this film. And am I giving you a fact you don't know? So somebody said Christopher Titus was in this movie, and then I forgot about it, and then you just uh, reminded me, and I'm thinking, because this was yes. like his, his debut or something. It was. And, and also, yeah. I don't remember. I think he's one of the, I think you know, I think you told me just now who he is as one of the, We'll get whatever. there. But we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. We'll get there. And then there's a Basset Hound who's, I couldn't find his real name. Unfortunately, his uh, stage he, name po- is good enough. Yeah, it's Pooh Bear. And <laughs> um, and then, Sean, I wanted to run through the list of the clown names. Do you know these clown names? I know one of them. And I know there's like they're on the boxes of the little pop figures that I have. Mm-hmm. But I don't know them offhand besides the one like main one. OK, so here we go. So you ready for this? Yeah. Jumbo, Fatso, yep. mm-hmm. Shorty, Rudy, mm-hmm. Spike. Slim, Bibbo, Chubby, Frank, Joe, uh, and then there's Rosebud, Daisy, the Baby Killer Clowns, Jojo the Clownzilla, Slam, Bippo, Kilbo, Bash, Danny, and Crinkles. Wow. There's also yeah. two more in there, which are Majori, it is M-A-G-O-R-I, and Storefront, which is a weird, is a weird day, but that might just be where it was located. I don't have all. I don't refer to them by name in my notes. Besides one of them, Uh, probably the one that I know you would refer to. Yeah, Uh, the the soundtrack by John Masari, but it starts off. It kicks off with a theme track uh, by the California punk band the Dickies, the song that Sean was singing when we jumped on, Um, and that was originally composed uh, entirely the synthesizers due to budget. But then recently, they recomposed it. 
and they used an orchestra and then re-released an orchestral version of this in 2018. No way yeah. of the yeah. Killer Clowns theme. Yes. Oh, yeah. if I can find that, that's going. So on it was. I, it was. Um. Yeah, it was released on vinyl in 2018. I do not have the vinyl. Mm. Um. But it was an orchestral version of that score. Sick. Um, and I think it might have been like a Kickstarter or something like that or a GoFundMe or something. I don't know. But they they got it together and um, it exists. It's out there. So if you love Sean the Butcher, send him this record. Drop it off at Mission Sandwich. Eh, nah, nah. <laughs> I appreciate the the sentiment, though. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Uh, this is going to turn out to be the Lucy of episodes. Uh, uh, I, I hope I give you some facts you don't know. I struggled uh, because I was like, Sean knows this movie really well. I would say... It, <laughs> It was shot in 36 days for $1.8 million um, and heavily influenced, obviously, by 50s horror movies. And in particular, they mentioned The Blob. Um, And I would say it's in the similar genre of like Attack of the Killer Tomatoes, which came out in 78, and Toxic Avenger, which came out in 86. So I think it's kind of can live in that world a little bit. and then I did, Sean, and this is a lot of me talking. No, let's go. Let's go. I'm glad but this is going to be your, your input for the movie. Before we jump into the movie, yeah. before we jump into the movie, <clears throat> there's a fear of clowns that's established as a, a phenomenon. Um, and it's called colrophobia, C-O-U-L-R-O-phobia. Um, <clears throat> and... The studies indicate that it's uh, a fear is present amongst adults and children from many different cultures. So they did this whole thing. Um, and, and I read this, not the study, but the article about the study um, in Scientific American. And they they kind of rooted it in the fact that they you can't see their faces, their true faces. You can't understand them, their emotional intent. Right. So in a lot of ways, it's the clown smiling, but is it going to about to do something bad? Um, and it was just kind of something that was rooted in people in general. A lot of these phobias, most of them didn't come from them having any bad interactions with a clown at all. Just kind of rooted in us as who we are as human beings. Creepy. Creepy. I mean, I didn't know I was afraid of clowns, I don't think, until this movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really afraid of clowns. I don't, I don't, they were scary to me as a child because of this movie. Uh, but mm-hmm. no, I'm not. I'm if, if a clown, you know, this is great uh, movie. I don't know if it's on our list. Uh, Hell House LLC were like those clowns are really creepy because uh, they're like demon clowns. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, the all these other ones, they, I, Pennywise doesn't bother me. I think he looks he looks jolly, and I would love to be friends with uh, all of these killer clowns. But then again, if you got on an elevator in a building and there was just a clown standing there when you got on and you had to go like 20 floors oh, and they I'd were so kind scared. of expressionless you know yeah yeah now these guys smile and they wave they do i mean they kill you but they smile and wave uh do you have all your bits in for now yeah i'm for gonna now. try to get i'm trying to give you stuff that you don't know i appreciate it I was uh, working hard uh killer clowns from outer space finally we have arrived at episode 17 for id madness pod heralded by many mainly myself, as one of the greatest horror movies of all time. (laughs) Uh, I remember being horrified of this as a kid. Uh, It was this and Fire in the Sky were the two movies as a child that destroyed me. And Fire in the Sky is definitely on our list. Um, 
And now that I've grown up, I own every single piece of merch possible from Killer Clowns. Uh, I have guns, I have toys, I have shirts, all from Spirit Halloween, who, wink, wink, I'm just saying, should definitely sponsor this show or something, because I rock <laughs> all their gear. Um, so till this moment, I still have no idea what you think of this movie. So uh, on a scale of Cocaine Bear being the lowest, and <laughs> I guess Star Wars being the highest... I know you hate ranking movies, but where do you think oh. you would put this on your on your scale? So so we always pull away the curtain. Sean, we haven't talked about this at all. Sean has no idea. It's hypothetical. Would, it's hypothetical. What I would think about this movie in general. Uh, when I started watching it, I realized I'd probably saw parts of it at some point, you know, at a party or something. At Somebody had it on. Um I will say it's not my cup of tea. Okay. But I want I'm not like I'm not angry about it and there's certainly things that I can delight to talk about. Um but it's, you know, I I struggled with this cuz I was like, you know, he's going to ask me and of if course. I come across if I come across like, oh, well this is goofy and I don't like it then then it's you know, I come across sort of as a movie snob or arrogant so or, funny. or like, you know, it's got to be deep. And and if it's not, although, the, you know, there's stuff in here to dig into. Um, is it a rewatch for me on a regular basis? Probably not. Ah, oh, probably not. Swing and a miss for killer clown. Sorry. Sorry, clown guys. Sorry. But that doesn't matter because there's plenty of things I can enjoy in here. You just forced me into ranking stuff. No, and I, and I know you, I know you hate ranking. I just wanted to know if it was above or below your medium marker. No, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. Good. It's not. Good. It's not even close to the worst <laughs> movie I've ever seen. Uh, and neither is Cocaine Bear, for that matter. Ah, uh, baby. But, but um, yeah, I, I listen. A lot of hard work went into this film. A lot of heart and soul, a lot of really cool practical effects went into this. These clown costumes are really cool looking. I like that they're dirty and, and gritty. You know, there's there's lots of it to like about this this movie. When, when we get into it, we can get into individual aspects. I don't think I'll be going to the convention. Do they have a convention? Man, if they do, I'll be there. I'll be representing yeah. for us. Yeah. Yeah. But listen, Sean, we're going to get to a point where I pick a movie. and you're Oh, absolutely. Like, that was the boringest thing I've ever seen. It may very well be our next movie. <laughs> <laughs> and Vertebrae, and Vertebrae insisted I see this. It, it Listen, it does, it's his favorite. If me and you loved everything, I feel like that's a bit inhuman. Like, I feel like everything has, everybody has things they like and things they don't like. And uh, I appreciate and I will you say, sitting through uh, this. I will say no, no, it wasn't a punishment at all. I I will say that it, it it um. I think we live in a world now where we have to make hot takes on things, and so people have to be like, "Oh, I like this better than this," and 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 my opinion matters, and Sean likes this, but I really don't, and how dare you? Right, that exists all over Twitter and social media in a lot of ways, um, and I don't agree with that at all. Like. I think it's cool to 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 watch things that you know might not you might not pick up on your own. Um, I don't know that I've ever seen the movie all the way through before, so that that was really cool. It's a shorty. Um, it's not two and a half hours of Terminator Two. Yeah, yeah. I, 
I think um, I think you can like films for different reasons, right? And I think sometimes you like them for the moment that you saw them, just like an album, right? Everyone has their favorite Metallica album. It's usually not what people consider to be the best Metallica album, right? A lot of times um because they've had so many but it's when it hit you in your brain and you enjoyed it like what's your favorite metallica album Sean? i mean master of puppets i consider when a band puts out their best album i say this is their master of puppets oh yeah yeah oh, look at that yeah so yeah. my favorite album is injustice for all no see you're wrong you're incorrect and I, and for so many millions of reasons and we can't get into it in three hours so now we just now, hang up probably. on the podcast no no no, no. Well, we're, so maybe this will be our point five arguing which metallica album is better oh, oh that God. can definitely be our point five let's get That's into it for the a, point five. <laughs> this is when people turn away let's get to killer clowns so right off the bat i noticed something crazy pg-13 and i'm thinking what how is this movie pg-13 it scared the crap out of me as a kid but as i watch it you know it's not as as incredibly violent as i thought it was but i thought i mean a 13 year old watching this i like piss my pants nice yeah that the ratings were a little bit different i mean jaws was pg and i still wonder how the hell that was allowed till this yeah, day yeah um we get a shot of space strange voices speeding up in the background into the greatest intro song of all time <laughs> killer clowns from outer space by the dickies as vertebrae had mentioned we will be putting that on the id madness playlist the camera pans down to earth where big top burgers and it doesn't get any more 80s than this folks we got kids hanging around the burger shop their party hats they got clowns on them there's a mock circus tent of lights above the burger shop there's a circus tent on the sign for the shop and circus tent is a running theme in this movie all uh, right and we're we in crescent what is it crescent cove? crescent cove yes yeah we're in crescent uh, cove i love to that's big top burgers uh three months later big top peewee came out Oh no, it's <laughs> just kind of funny. Uh, recipes, Pee Wee Herman. Uh, disgruntled cop, he's sipping his coffee, he's looking at all the damn teenagers, and he's for sure thinking, The hell is wrong with these kids? Uh, kids drinking beer at a stoplight, he passes right in front of the cop. The cop snarls at the kid, the kid snarls at the cop. Cops like, Friday night's just starting, he's gonna go hmm. check out the park with all the troublemaking, no good kids. And that kid is Christopher Titus. That's with the beer. Yes, with the oh, beer. Oh, cool. Stand-up comedian, best known for probably Titus, right? He had his own show. Yeah, I remember watching that. Yeah, that's him. Wow. I thought it was one of the kids here at Makeout Park. <laughs> I was wrong. Inspiration point. <laughs> uh, he goes to check out the park with all the no-good-trouble-making kids. And then we get a shot of the park. And there's all the troublemaking, no good kids. They're at the <laughs> top of the world, as the very professional radio DJ calls it that they're listening to on their radio. Mm. Uh, so now I'm throwing it out there. If they ever, ever, ever do remake Killer Clowns, uh, I'm putting my name in the hat for being the DJ that the kids are listening to when they're at makeout point. So let's get the, uh, we're going to get the GoFundMe for that to happen. We're going to get the GoFundMe for me to Japan and Godzilla is just going to be the GoFundMe of get Sean to do cool shit. That's awesome. So we could start like a hashtag, right? Maybe it's like, what if it's like Sean is a radio clown? No, that's oh man, that's a, that's a long hashtag. Yeah, for <laughs> real. And, it, and, and it's also the truth. 
It's just clown Sean. There yeah. It's clown yeah. Sean. Yeah, that's what that's what all that you don't want to be one of the clowns. You want to be the radio guy. I would love to be. Oh, okay. oh, I didn't even think of that. If they were like, well, yeah, I could just be my my voice on the radio, and then like I get to be in the clown. Stop it. Stop mm-hmm. it. That would be there so sick. Yes. So I want to be a DJ and a clown. Uh, all the kids are at the top of uh the, the park making out, drinking, smoking dope, I'm sure. Uh, and here comes Jojo the ice cream clown truck. He's got the best ice cream in town. He gives the stick and you take a lick. It'll tickle <laughs> all the way down. There is a big ass clown head on top of the ice cream truck. The kid in the ice cream truck over the loudspeaker. A tasty treat while you screw. All the kids are making out looking at the ice cream guys. They're all annoyed. The ice cream dude's got frozen fruit bars, icy wicies, fudgy wudgies, and everyone's favorite lick a stick. <laughs> all the kids are yelling at him, throwing their shit out at him, uh, throwing all their trash at the ice cream guys. That's and a we, lot of trash. But it's a lot of garbage. Like they had that ready. Like in those movie, old movies where people would start throwing tomatoes or something. They just had it ready. Penguin has a great line about that in Batman Returns. He's like, why do yeah. people always bring tomatoes and lettuce to a, <laughs> a rally or whatever the hell? Yeah. We meet our, our main characters, our boyfriend and girlfriend, Mike and Debbie. Mike is stoked the ice cream guys are there. He's laughing his ass off. The ice cream truck, uh, they think they should stick around at makeout point for a while. Uh, then we see a back of the truck comes their lady passenger friends having themselves mm-hmm. some ice cream. They're wondering what, what the ice cream guys are up to. They were promised free ice cream, but never mentioned anything about stopping the truck. Yeah. Okay. The ice cream guys are clearly trying to get some, uh, but it seems like their plan is being foiled. The ladies are not as stupid as the ice cream guys thought. The ladies <laughs> want to go home and away drives the ice cream truck. Over the loudspeaker, you could still hear them arguing in the truck, contemplating going to the drive-thru depending on what movie is playing. We go to our main characters, Mike and Debbie. Mike's laughing his ass off. He knows those knuckleheads, his best friends from school. Rich and Paul, the Terenzi brothers. And and it's funny they're in they're in a raft in the back of the car, and I guess in the script there's a part that where Debbie asks him point blank like why about the raft and Mike tells the story that that he went rafting on the Long Island Sound one night with his good pals from the Terenzi brothers, uh, and that his father heard about the incident and he flipped out so now he has to hide this inflatable boat in his Pinto. I just thought it was a comfy spot for them to get down on. Yeah, I, I had to know more about that raft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's in the back of his car. They're making out. They look up at the stars and across the sky, a huge yellow meteor flies through the night. The kids freak out, and then we're introduced to one of the most adorable characters in horror history. You said the old farmer's name. I don't remember it. I'm just going to call him Old Huckleberry. It was farmer Gene Green. Gene Green. <laughs> He's out on his front porch with his cute, what is it, a bloodhound? That's a that's a basset a basset hound, Pooh Bear. Pooh they bear. see the meteor fly through the sky. Old Huckleberry is reading about Haley's comet and believes it's yeah. just landed in his backyard. Uh, super excited about He's, this. I, <laughs> He's stoked. He's stoked. Sean, he has like a really like southern accent in this, but he lives near these people. 
he's and nobody else one. does. Yeah. Nobody else does. Well, he's a farmer, so. <laughs> and what is he farming? Because he's in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is he farming? This poor bastard. Listen, I love him. I'm going to tell you right now. His name's Gene Green. We know what he was farming. Ah, I like where your head's at. That's a <laughs> that's very clever. Yeah. He stoked about the thousands of people and hot dogs and helicopters and airplanes and tacos that he thinks are about to swarm his property to look at this comet. He thinks he's about to be rich. He heads off into the distance with his lantern and shovel. And then Debbie, the girlfriend, she wants to go check out the meteor. Mike's not interested. He just wants to get some. It's got to be a thousand miles away, he says. But she really wants to go on this adventure to see this comet. So he's a good enough dude. And Debbie convinces him to go check on the meteor. And here comes old Gene Green, mean Gene Green, to the landing spot in the woods. And fully set up in the middle of nowhere is this huge, beautiful yellow and red circus tent with circus music. And Gene Green can't believe it. I'll be greased and fried, he yells. I love that line. <laughs> what blue blazes is this circus doing in these parts? He looks at Pooh so happy and lovingly and goes, I love the circus. Maybe I can get us some free passes. <laughs> this poor bastard. He's investigating the tent. The poles holding it up, he notices, are more like space-age tubing with lights on it. He's never seen anything like this before. He investigates further. He says, there's something peculiar about this. Where is everyone? No one's around. Where's the ticket booth? Just having this adorable conversation with his dog, Pooh Bear. Following behind him on the other side of the tent, we see a silhouette of a large being creeping behind Gene Green. He doesn't notice it, but Pooh does. Poor Pooh. And in classic in-madness fashion, a small portal opens up to the tent, exposing the inside, and out comes a large net. We see a shadowed clown throw the net at Pooh, who yelps this goddamn podcast. No animals survive in Madness Pod. Every time. It's always a dog. They always kill a dog. They didn't get Pugsley. I'm going to say he didn't get Pugsley in Terminator. It's always a dog, never the iguana. Right. And there's Pugsley the dog, though, in T2, so... Oh right. yeah, the then Pug, Pugly, Pugsley too, yeah. Pugsley Jr. Yeah. So yeah. Who knows about that one? So our farmer Gene Green is alarmed at the sound. Pooh Bear, he says. Adorable bastard. He goes back in the other direction and finds Pooh's red bandana on the floor. He drops his bucket and his shovel and his lantern and goes, What in tarnation is going on here? He gets angry, he balls up his fist, he punches the circus tent and smashes his hand because it's not a tent, it's made of metal, it's a ship. Hmm. He begins screaming for his Pooh Bear, he yells, I'll tear this thing apart with my bare hands. He grabs the pole holding up the ship and he gets his ass electrocuted. Falls on the floor screaming and out comes big scary, colorful, gigantic, goofy ass, but still really scary looking clown. Our farmer smiles. The clown whips out his space gun, which I have purchased from Spirit Halloween. Uh, the nice. clown does his evil space laugh and blasts Gene Green, Mean Gene. We see a bright pink flash of light. The man screams. 
And then we cut to Crescent Cove Police Station. We got our young cop, Dave. He's sitting at the table. And then we got our other favorite character. I knew you were going to like this guy. Old disgruntled Mooney. <laughs> Same I mean, guy. From Animal House. So, from Animal know. House. Yeah. I mean, if you get, you know, uh, Dean Vernon Wormer, you've got a, you got a movie. That's a big, uh, that's a big get for them, I think, when they made this. I'm thinking. Maybe. That he, He's yeah, the biggest he their, star in the movie. He was their guy. I mean, besides the all the makeup effects. And all the clown guys, yeah. And maybe uh, Pooh Bear. Pooh Bear did a good job. I like Pooh Bear. Yeah. Uh, Mooney shoving some young punk kids into the precinct. One kid's got all this makeup on, goth-looking kid, Dracula-style haircut for some reason. Hmm. His hair's popping out on both sides. There's this other beat-up punker kid. He caught them boozing in the park. The kid's like, we were just walking through the park on the way to the dorm. We had a bottle of wine. It's a beautiful night. We didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> In you know? true 80s yeah. movie fashion, these kids, they look like grown adults. Yeah, they look like kids. Yeah, 30-year-olds <laughs> and just p- punks just walking through a beautiful night drinking wine. <laughs> Punk and goth dudes. What a couple of good kids these are. Yeah, it's all good. Our young Our topic date- was closed. Yeah. Our young cop, Dave, asks if they're college kids, why don't they just stay there and drink on the campus? And they're like, we have the right to be here just like anyone else. We don't have to sit at the campus all day. Mooney isn't having it. He calls the kids scum. Says they're killing this town like Mooney isn't a raging drunken bastard as well. (laughs) He slams a punk kid against the wall. Young cop, Dave, stops him and Mooney gets mad. Doesn't seem like Mooney ever has a good day. He's just perpetually angry every second of every moment of every day. Why? What's his problem? I don't know. Absolutely. And also we get this sort of the young by the book cop versus the old disgruntled veteran cop. So, you know, we get a, maybe it's our, our seven, we get our Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt in this movie. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. You know, it's throwing me off in the scenes, Sean, and it wasn't the thirty-year-old punk rock kids. What was it? It was that. <laughs> it was that Dave's desk had two phones on it, and Mooney's desk, like, only has one. What do you need two phones for? That, he's the that? he's the busier guy. He can handle more because he's the young the young buck. So I'm thinking it's probably because those phones had lines on them, and they only went up to a certain number. So if you're calling the police station, maybe there's lines one through four on one phone and lines, you know, five through something else on the other. On the other, he's phone. like Somerset with a typewriter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he says the kids were drinking in public, littering, disturbing the peace, resisting arrest, and he yells at young cop Dave. Unless you're going to change the laws, Mister Police Academy, and there we have it, our beef. Mm. Young, young cop Dave gets pissed right back. You got this problem with my training. I don't care. When you bring someone to the station, I don't want to see you beating them up. If you're going to book them, it better be by procedure or your badge will be history. Oh, snap. <laughs> Mooney doesn't give a shit. He yells at the kids. He tells them to get in the holding cell. Cut back to our lovely couple, Mike and Deb, boyfriend and girlfriend, on the hunt for the meteor. They drive up to a boarded off, off-road spot and decide to walk the rest of the way. They head off into the woods and they stumble upon our circus tent. What the hell's it doing all the way out here, they wonder. Deb gets worried. Something's weird. Let's go look for the shooting star. But now Mike is all about this circus tent. 
He convinces Deb to join him. They find the entrance and go inside. And inside, I love the inside of this ship. I want my office to look the way the inside of this ship looks like with the black light neon and the tubing. (laughs) And it it just looks like Chuck E. Cheese in the dark with black lights or something. (laughs) And are you are you going into that tent? Uh, I mean, he, he. How are you supposed to know it's a ship? Once you go inside and see it's a ship, I'd be like, no, this is not a, a circus. I'm getting the hell out of here. I mean, I don't think I'm even going in the tent. Uh, I mean, that's the 80s, though. Hello? Who's yeah. there? Yeah. It's, it's a bad situation. That's the thing. That I Probably everybody else was like, why are you going in the tent? And that's every 80s horror movie. It's like, why are you going in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre house? I love that they all thought it was a circus right in the middle of the woods with trees like three feet away from the edge of the why the would tent. they why would they have any reason to think anything different? That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, but, yeah, it's hard to set up that tent in that dense wood area though. But uh, yeah, why would they think anything? Why would different? they think? Why would they think it was killer clowns from outer space? And now we know. Uh, there's these colorful paint designs colorful tubing all throughout mike says it must be the new european show circus fantiste circus fantiste what is it fantastique is what it says Mm -hmm. circus fantastique what an idiot i am he begins joking around with deb who gets worried he's being too loud some is someone's gonna come out and catch them but he loves this place. He says it looks like it was decorated by clowns or us. Mm. What a mm. jokester this guy is. They head further into the ship. Mike pushes the cushiony looking red nose buttons, which opens up a door and pushes them and opens up a door on the other side. They enter this massive chamber, which looks like a power hub for the ship has all these tubes and a ball filled with electricity. They immediately now know that this is not a circus they have entered. Right, they, and they that, didn't get the hint before. No, no, <laughs> and and that is the the power chamber. It's a direct nod to uh, a Krell chamber in for the movie Forbidden Planet. Um, and I would also say that then got me digging because at first I was like, this looks like from Star Wars, but then I realized that that's probably where. Lucas got it from for Star Wars when uh, Luke and Leia uh, swing across that chasm that's there. So, um, yep. But that's that's they they acknowledge that in the in their. Um, I listened to like a little documentary of, of making of the movie. So, yeah, killer clouds. <laughs> Mike thinks it's a nuclear power plant or a missile silo, some kind of military base. The door reopens and Deb pulls Mike out and throws him against the wall. The shooting star we saw, where inside of it. In the <laughs> distance, we hear footsteps and see a large shadow approaching. The kids make a run for it, entering another doorway, a room filled with cotton candy cocoons. Mm. So cool. Did you like the cotton candy cocoons? I did. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. I'm not a. Are you a big cotton candy person in general? not big but like if i have it once a year like yeah i'll grab and get a big cottony handful of cotton candy and shove it in my face i i will say there's a lot of ideas in this movie that are are innovative um and i think these we're going to be revealed as soon this cotton candy is is pretty cool idea 
there's even a popcorn machine popping away in the background. And popcorn machines always remind me of a place I always used to rent the Nintendo game Akari Warriors from in Queens called Future Video. It was the <laughs> only video store that had a popcorn machine, which was great. So shout out to Future Video. Rest in peace. Yeah. Mike says, it smells like candy. This must be a cotton candy factory. This must be where they hang it up to dry before they ship the stuff out. Smart guy Mike over here. Deb's not having it. No, it's not. I've never seen anything like this before. Have you? She doesn't believe in UFOs, but if they exist, they are standing in one right now. Mike doesn't believe it. Deb says, no one stores cotton candy like this. You think? <laughs> Mike laughs, rips off a piece of the candy cocoon. Which, my friends, brings me to my milking of the alpaca's moment. Because inside of the cotton candy cocoon is a goddamn bloody face. And I'm presuming that's Gene Green, me and Gene Green. Yes. Our and, farmer. And, and to the right of that behind it is a smaller piece of cotton candy that is probably Pooh Bear. Oh, oh I didn't even think of that. Yeah. This pot, what is wrong with us? What is wrong with these movies? Why can <laughs> animals never survive? Yeah, leave them alone. Deb screams. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Is it the face is bloody or is it like the pink of the cotton candy? The sugar? I think it's blood. I think I think they're in it and I okay. think the flesh starts deteriorating. Yes. Well, we like, find out later on. Yeah. 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 Which would have been my other uh, moment, but it's too far at the end of the movie. And this was no, like, I agree. I actually agree with your moment right here. So because in the beginning, even when they when they shoot Gene Gene Green, like he just kind of disappears. You don't know if they're actually killing these people yet until they rip the candy off. And it's like, oh, my God, they're actually killing these people. Mm -hmm. Deb screams. The kids know that now that they are in deep shit. The door opens. A killer clown walks in holding another cotton candy cocoon. He hangs it up with the rest. Then Mike notices his friend Joe Lombardo inside one of the cotton candy cocoons, and he drops whatever the hell it is he's holding in his hand. I looked three times, and I don't know what he drops on the floor. Mike? Yeah, whatever he drops on the floor alerts the killer clown. Oh, yeah, I don't know what that is. Yeah, I don't know what it is, because I don't remember him holding anything at any other point. And then at that point, he's holding something and drops it, and it alerts the, the killer clown. Whatever. <laughs> uh, the kids make a run for is it. Is it a light? Did they have a light? I it I it I it didn't look like it. It didn't look like it. I don't That's know weird. what it is. Can uh, someone tell us? Can you write into inmadnesspod yeah. at gmail.com and let at inmadnesspod on the socials? What the hell does Mike drop drop on the floor that gets the killer clown's attention? Uh, they make a run for it. The clown grabs a gun, but this is no ordinary gun, my friends. This is a popcorn gun. Hmm. which I believe is also now on sale at Spirit Halloween. This is not an endorsement for the, anything. I'm just saying <laughs> I saw it, and I think they're selling it. So Listen up, Spirit Halloween. You heard how good he did that? Come on now. Come it's on sort of, now. It shoots popcorn like bullets. However, when it hits the kids, it just seems to stick to their clothes. But they find an exit. They jump out of the circus tent. They make a run for it. And Deb is like, popcorn? Why popcorn? And Mike goes... Because they're clowns, that's why. <laughs> and I'll be honest, uh, 
I didn't, you know, I know I saw parts of this a long time ago, but didn't see the movie all the way through. So I should have known, but at first I was just like, oh, that's a silly gag. Right? Spraying with popcorn. It's kind of silly. Where where is it leading? And then you didn't know there leads. was gonna be a payoff. Yeah. It, and then there is a payoff, and it's a great payoff for it. That's a phenomenal payoff for this. One one of the like three iconic moments in this movie. Or there's there's mm-hmm. about four iconic moments in this movie. Outruns the killer clown speaking in its adorable killer clown language out comes another scary freaky ass looking killer clown and i love it one of the clown dudes takes a balloon he makes a little doggy out of it and a little <laughs> balloon doggy begins barking and the clowns are off running with the balloon dog following the scent of the kids brilliant yeah that was really cool and also the clowns here look very like um what was that Genesis video? Was that oh, Land of Confusion? My God. Yes. That, that as a kid scared the crap out of me. Yeah. That they, video. They kind of look like, I don't know when that came out, but they kind of look like that. I'll look it up while we're talking. But Oh, man. Uh, yeah. That video creeped me the hell out, dude. The kids get back in their car. Mike hits the two clowns and runs over the dog. The balloon dog. This goddamn mm. podcast. Not even the balloon dogs survive in Madness Pod. <laughs> That's what I had in my notes. I wrote down <laughs> they killed another dog. Not even the balloon dog survives. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, Second dog killed in this film already. We're how you know how far are we in? We're 20 minutes into the movie and we've killed two dogs already. I like that we think alike. As the kids are escaping this big, ugly, gnarly, scary-ass, gross-looking killer clown, but with a mohawk, jumps on their windshield. They manage to toss him off and make their getaway. The other two clowns that got hit by the car find their clown buddy who arises just like Michael Myers. Hmm. Deb wants to go to the police. Michael's like, and what? Tell them there's a bunch of clowns running around killing people with cotton candy? But Deb has a friend at the station who will believe them. Then we get the shot that I remember from my childhood uh, when I tried to be brave enough to watch parts of either the, this movie on like TV or video. But you see the poorly painted sign almost hidden in a small bush, Crescent Cove, five miles with an arrow. And then you hear the awesome second killer clowns theme. Love it. You see mm. all the clowns, the whole posse making their way to terrorize this town. And and so they're moving like ridiculously slow. And this is a really cool shot of them going off. Another, I love the way the shot is composed of them heading down the road and the smoke and everything or the fog or whatever it is. Um, but five miles. There's no way at that speed in which they're walking. When are they arriving? It's already daylight by the time they're arriving. About like one mile, it? the big fat one would be like. <sighs> yeah, one mile I'd be like that. <laughs> With those big shoes on and stuff. They're they're not made for, you know, yeah, maybe maybe they should have made one more like two miles, you know? Yeah, five miles seemed far. I wonder that's why they lot. picked it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's funny. So maybe that's why they picked it, but yeah. um there's they had vehicles. They did. Right? They they yeah. at yeah towards the end they they yeah they so like maybe they, just maybe they like maybe they they picked them up like along the way or something maybe they got like picked up 
that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that that shot is about just a cool shot of them walking and kind of gathering, but really later on they get they get picked up and like, oh, come remember. on, we're not actually going to walk. As a kid, seeing them all gathering and being like, "Oh my god, this is so goddamn scary." <laughs> Deb and Mike come flying up to the police station. Deb knows young cop Dave and Mike, uh, her and Mike tell him that people are dead. Joe Lombardo and the old man, Gene Green, mean Gene. Mike tells the young cop who is skeptical that the people were wrapped up in cotton candy cocoons. Mm. Cop brings him inside to explain further. Cut to one of our clowns. This is so awesome. He stops in front of a drugstore. They've made it five miles. He's there. Yeah. He's outside. There's an animatronic gorilla. So the clown puts down his little bag of clown tricks and he begins mimicking the gorilla animatronic. A couple of girls come by. They look at the clown. They pay it no mind. They walk into the drugstore. The clown is intrigued by this. Hmm. Back at the precinct, Debbie is explaining to young cop Dave what happened with the shooting star, the circus tent, the dead people in pink cotton candy cocoons. It wasn't a circus tent. It was a spaceship with killer clowns. They shot popcorn at us. We barely got away. And out walks old grumpy Mooney. Mm -mm. He whistles loudly at the idea of this story. Mike already knows they're in trouble. Mooney goes, killer clowns from outer space. Holy shit. He said it. He said the name of the movie in the movie. Yes. <laughs> That's a drinking game. Drink now. They said the name <laughs> of the movie. Mooney says he was just out at the makeout spot and nothing was going on. Deb, Deb begs Dave to believe them. Mooney angrily says, let them make fools of the whole police department. He calls Deb a tramp. Dave yells at him uh, that he's handling it. Mooney is the absolute worst. Dave asks Deb who her friend is. He's Mike. We go to school together. Dave mm. seems upset that they were at makeout point together. And then I love it. Mooney stops, points at Mike. And he goes, I know you, you little fart. <laughs> you hang out with the Terenzi brothers. Clowns. I get it. Another one of their stupid stunts to sell ice cream from their goddamn truck. He says, you better get down there, Dave, before the killer clowns take over. Mm. The kids insist on telling the truth. Dave tries to believe them. But Dickhead Mooney is just being a dickhead. Saying they're making a mockery of the department. And get this, Mooney goes... Make a dummy out of yourself, but you're not going to make a dummy out of me. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. All right there, Mooney. But, uh, I mean, I, I think we all relate to Mooney in this situation. Come on, killer clowns from outer space. That's ridiculous. Damn kids. How would there be clowns? Is it a clown planet? Did they dress up like this to get away with crime? They just flew in a ship? Have they come from a different time period? You're a man who I know loves a good origin story. And that's also what I was thinking is like, I want the pre-killer clown story. What are they? Where are they from? Why are they here? They reference some of that a little later in the movie. But I'm like, yeah, I want, I want to know the precursor to what happened to them showing up that night. Uh, the kids drive off in Dave's cop car, cut to a random kid approaching a gazebo in the middle of town. There's a puppet show set up. He walks up to it. A puppet boy pops up. It waves him over. A girl puppet pops up. The boy puppet is trying to cut, kiss the girl puppet who keeps shoving him off. Then she hides and rises back up, this time holding the killer clown gun that shot Gene Mean Mean Green Gene. Mm. 
The girl puppet shoots the boy puppet who vanishes into thin air. The onlooker watching the show is amused. Slowly holding the gun, the girl puppet turns to the onlooker who begins to look alarmed and slowly out of the puppet show rises a huge, scary, demented ass looking killer clown. Mm -hmm. It breaks apart the entire puppet show booth and shoots the guy, spinning him into a cotton candy cocoon. And that guy deserved it. I didn't like that kid at all. Oh, he you didn't like he was just bit. he was he was smiling, laughing at the show. Uh, he just he looked like somebody I went to school with it and like I didn't like that guy. <laughs> with the sweater, happy. sweater wrapped oh, around his chest. Uh, I could yeah, I couldn't stand it. Zap that kid. After he zaps the kid, he lets out one of the scariest killer clown alien laughs in history. I love when it's just like the light, the underlighting, and they just go rah, 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 rah. <laughs> so cool. Cut back to the drugstore with the animatronic gorilla. And this time we see the pharmacist inside shitting his pants because the killer clown is just walking around, knocking everything over, making a huge mess. We cut to the kids in the car with uh, young cop Dave. He wants to take Deb home. She refuses. She's like, you're not my boyfriend anymore. Mike is in the backseat. He's like, oh, man, boyfriend. What? Yeah, that's the big reveal. Oof. That's the big reveal. Dave's like, that doesn't change how I feel about you, Deb. He says mm. she either goes home or gets locked up at the station for safekeeping. Cut to one of the most iconic scenes of this movie, the pizza clowns. Mm. This little hottie in a nightie goes to answer her door. She opens it, and there's a killer clown holding a pile of pizza boxes. She laughs to herself, and in the doorway, two other clowns poke their head in from each side. And the final clown, Shorty, my man Shorty, pops his head up out of all the pile of pizza boxes. He smiles, his evil smile. He does his evil killer clown laugh, takes out his gun, and shoots her into another cotton candy cocoon. <laughs> he just zaps her and turns her into Patrick from uh, SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> they do look like Patrick. <laughs> 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 uh, maybe that's the inspiration for Patrick <laughs> we cut to another house a lady opens a door a big chunky killer clown hands her a valentine she smiles and turns and asks who I presume is her husband if this gift is from him as she turns around chunky clown gives a heinous evil smile pulls out his cotton candy gun and blasts her and this my friends is the part that I'm most confused in this entire movie with clowns from space where did this clown get Valentine's? A Valentine? Where did he get Valentine's candy from? Right, it's a box of candy, isn't it? A Valentine? Candy? Yeah, maybe he picked it up from that the the drugstore they were at. But why would it be even out on the shelves? What what time of year is this movie take place? Hmm, that's a good point. It's not February because <laughs> it's not that cold outside. See. <laughs> Sean's about to tell me, oh, just watch the movie. Just watch the movie. Yeah. But then I thought, like, did they make like they had those pizza boxes? Did they steal the pizza boxes? Did they manufacture things? Did they have equipment to make things? And they made a fake Valentine and they've got this sense of humor, right? Much like uh you made a Halloween reference, Michael Myers dressed like Bob, right? There's this sense of humor to it that exists so they're clowns that makes sense obviously that they would have that humor but you know they're they're going all they're going all in they could have just kept doing the pizza gag over and over again 
I like the, the they do different things for each bit, and each yeah. thing is makes this movie more iconic. Yeah, it was like their own. They had their own thing. This is how I'm gonna go about killing, you know, taking people and turning them to cotton candy. Yeah, give them little valentines. Yeah. Dave drops Debbie off at her house. She asks to speak to Mike outside the car. Mike is bummed. Dave, her old boyfriend, thinks he's gonna. He thinks that Dave's gonna shoot him. Deb tells Mike it's the clowns he needs to worry about. She tells Mike once they leave, she's gonna follow them back to the ship. He begs her to please stay home with the door locked. She promises they have a little kiss, and Dave sees. Uh oh. Reluctantly, Mike heads back to the cop car to investigate the clown ship. Cut back to the drugstore, and now Shorty, my man, has joined the other clown in his mayhem, making a mess of the place, knocking mm. shit off the shelves, shooting each other with shaving cream. And if that's not enough, this adorable bastard Shorty takes powder off of a shelf, opens it up, smells it, and sneezes powder everywhere. <laughs> How do you not love these guys? And it's funny. They, they have the Gillette. It's Gillette Good News shaving cream that's there on the shelf. And what's fun about that is shaving cream is a lot of times used in like pie fights and stuff like that in, in movies. And if you have a pie fight because it cleans up easier than, you know, the content, actual contents of like a whipped cream pie or something like that. So And we get that later. Little, yeah, it's a fun little nod to like, you know, that would be a prop that you would use in a movie instead of pies. You would use the shaving cream instead of like the cream for the pies. We cut to Officer Dave and Mike showing up in the woods where the ship was, and now it's gone. All that remains is this enormous hole in the ground. Dave is skeptical. The guys begin to argue, where's the dead bodies, he wants to know. But Mike has no proof. His proof is gone. So Dave books him. He puts him under arrest and says, Mooney was right. The kid's got nothing better to do than screw around. And we cut to our biker dudes kicking it at a biker bar and up. Wait, Sean, hold on. Hold yeah, on. yeah. Why, 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 why did he handcuff him? What did he do wrong? Because he he thinks he that now he's, fib? he's getting jerked around, and then now and now maybe he's showing his moony side. You know. But what's the charge? Uh, uh, disturbing the peace. I'm sure they could. Yeah, you know, the same way Mooney was rattling off all these charges for the punk kids littering and disturbing the peace. I mean, I guess, it. but I don't think yeah. you get handcuffed for disturbing. But it's like a probably hundred dollar fine. In the eighties is probably fifty bucks. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. No, nah, like is... the punk kids. I'm saying they probably roughed them up for a little bit, put some, put the fear of God into them, and then let them go. I, I think this is a direct reaction to the Dave seeing mike kiss debbie good point yeah because dave's you know he's he's there's a little jealousy there too yeah yeah and then he's like ah well okay as long as this is what they say it is i don't care so much about that and then when he doesn't see that it just makes him mad and then he and then he he reacts becomes bitter like mooney yeah kids got nothing better to do than to screw around we got the bikers kicking at the biker bar and up comes my man shorty the killer clown you guessed it riding a Mm. tricycle (laughs) the bikers get a kick out of it they start making fun of shorty and his bike one of the bikers asks to take a ride shorty declines the biker asks to honk the horn shorty approves the biker picks up the tricycle and smashes it on the floor into a million tiny pieces. And Shorty gets very sad. And for a split second, maybe, you feel bad for this little fucker. Yeah. Shorty jumps into the air and vanishes and pops back into frame in front of the biker. And now Shorty's got boxing gloves on. In his weird little alien clown language, you can hear him saying, put up your dukes, put up your dukes. 
<laughs> he's doing these funny spinning dance moves. He's preparing to fight the biker. It's adorable. Mm. The biker goes, what are you going to do? Knock my block off and pop. Shorty punches the biker's head clean off his shoulders into a trash can. <laughs> and so this movie comes out in 1988. So we have to have a biker gang in this movie somewhere. And a, and a like a catchphrase kind of line as, as well. But I have to say, like, if you're hanging out outside this bar and this weird little clown pulls up on a tricycle, are you? I don't know that I'm bothering that person. They're like bikers. Was, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be '80s bikers if they weren't bothering people. It's it's like in uh uh what is it a Bronx Tale, you know? <laughs> you can sit, you can have a couple of drinks, but you gotta go. And then they pour the, the beer everywhere. Now you can't leave. Sure, I mean maybe for just some couple walking down the street, but like this freaky dude in what you think is clown makeup pulled up on a tricycle like late. At, this is probably after midnight. Like that guy might be crazier than you. Well, they yeah. he certainly found out. Yeah, and all strong the too. Yeah. Well, it was that it was that that he had that uh, retractable boxing glove hand that knocked his head off. Yeah. <laughs> all the bikers freak the hell out. They bail. Shorty laughs his insane, evil killer clown laugh. <laughs> we cut back to Big Top Burger, the spot from the beginning. A family's there eating. A little girl there is not stoked. She looks out the window, and there's another big ass, creepy ass killer clown. It begins playing peekaboo with her, and then begins waving her to come outside. It is all very creepy. Yeah, and that mom is really annoying too. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah, she's she tells the daughter right away to sit still and eat her burger. The daughter hasn't even done anything yet. She's just sitting there bored. She was already sitting there quiet. You're like, hey, sit still. It's you know, this is I mean, it is the eighties though, right? I mean, certainly there was a lot of like, I'll give you something to cry about while you were already crying. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's it's a period piece, this film. yeah. <laughs> also teaching kids a lesson don't trust strangers hmm. we see the shot of her she walks away from the chair inching towards the door towards the clown behind the clown's back a large mallet to probably smash the girl into a million pieces with and right as she's at the door about to go outside thankfully annoying mother comes and grabs her and tells her to get back to dinner hmm Close call, but large, creepy-ass killer clown seems aggravated about this. We cut to Dave and Mike riding back to the precinct. They drive by Makeout Point. Dave gets out of the car. All the cars seem to be empty. No one seems to be around. Kids' belongings strewn everywhere on the floor. Beer, stereo. Dave goes up to a car and sees a web of cotton candy. Hmm. It's on the car antenna. He then looks inside and he sees it's all over the car. He opens the door. He finds a pair of broken glasses and reach in and grabs them. Dave lets Mike out of the car, uncuffs him. Mike thinks Dave's going to beat him up, but then Mike shows the cop. That's what I was talking about. Those are Bob McGreed's glasses. They got him. He's dead. We cut to Mooney at the precinct. The phone keeps ringing. He keeps getting calls about killer clowns at people's front door. Then the line goes dead. He says, stupid kids in their pranks. He goes on to pour himself a nice, fat, styrofoam cup of Jack Daniels. <laughs> <laughs> I 
He's sick of these rich kids, rich parents, send them away to school. Now the local police got to babysit these damn punk kids. Phone rings again. It's the poor drugstore clerk. He's on the phone panicking. I've got a bit of a problem here. One of the clowns is piling all the goods he would like to purchase on the counter. Bugs Bunny, vitamins, Alka-Seltzer, cool spinny hats. Mooney's other phone rings. More clown calls. He begins yelling at the people on the phone. The drugstore mm. clerk screams and the line goes dead. Mooney thinks the Terenzi brothers have got to the whole neighborhood. Everyone's in on the gag. The hell with them all, he says. He hangs up the phone and now refuses to do his job. We see a random guy driving his car. He's panicking. A killer clown drives up right next to him, riding an invisible motorcycle. The guy freaks out. The clown begins bumping the guy's car, bumps him off the road into the river. The car crashes and bursts into flames. Hmm. Clown lets out his creepy killer clown laugh once again. And, and this was originally, they wanted this to be like kind of the opening to the film. Um, and they just couldn't get it the way they wanted it. So they kind of scratched that and went in a different direction. Okay. Yeah. Deb's back home. She's stripping down, going to take a shower. The popcorn kernels from the gun are still on her and falling all over the floor. She puts her clothes in the hamper. She doesn't notice, but the po popcorn kernels begin crawling around the floor like bugs. Back at the burger spot, we see all the bikers who bailed earlier. The big clown who had the mallet is still there. He opens his little clown bag of tricks. It's full of popcorn. He takes a handful and dumps the kernels into a dumpster. And we hear either rats eating the popcorn or popcorn beginning to eat and morph into something else. I'm not really sure. Yeah, I wasn't sure what that was. Rats, raccoons. I don't know. I, I have to say the popcorn on the floor is really cool when it crawls across the floor, the little pieces. It's, it's pretty like, neat. It's like T-1000 with the mercury bits. Yeah, imagine if or that was. Yeah, I imagine a popcorn T monster or the popcorn kernels formed into a clown. Uh -huh. <gasps> yeah, you get We're a writing. killer clowns T2 crossover. We're writing the sequel. <laughs> we cut back to Deb taking a shower. Her hamper begins shaking. Cut to the burger spot. An employee comes to throw out the trash. He puts it in the dumpster and hears squeaking inside of it. He opens to look inside and gets pulled into the dumpster, screaming bloody murder. Poor guy. He already has to wear that goofy party hat while he has to, has, has to work that job and then gets killed in a dumpster. Yeah. We cut to Dave and Mike heading back to the precinct. He says he can send the cotton candy to a lab. Maybe someone could tell them what the hell it is. Mike's relieved. Him and Dave start talking about Debbie and their relationship. Dave takes a low blow and goes, it's obvious she goes for laughs, not stability. Oh, Mike's Dave. like, ugh, whatever, dude. Yeah, come on, Dave. This next scene is one of my favorites in the movie and a legendary moment of this film that I remember clearly from my childhood. Mm. It's another brief moment that I was brave enough to endure some of this movie. And my friend, you'll hear all about it oh. next week on episode 17, part two of In Madness Pod, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the thrilling conclusion thereof, part of our very special Halloween preparation bonanza extravaganza <laughs> you on got In me. Madness. I got you. Yeah. You got me. 
So hopefully, uh, vertebrae, I've made uh, this audio portion of In Madness a little uh, inter- more interesting of Killer Clowns than it was viewing for you. Hopefully, I can do the same for part two. Ah, this has been thoroughly enjoyable. I can't wait for part two. I'm super excited. I'm not being sarcastic. I know you think I'm being sarcastic. I enjoy it. This, this is one of my favorite parts of the movie coming up. Uh, unfortunately, if you haven't seen the movie, either review it and catch back up with us next week because we're going to come back with part two, episode 17, In Madness Pod on the socials, In Madness Pod, every social, inmadnesspod at gmail.com. Check out the YouTube page. Check out the In Madness playlist. It's now going to have the Dickies Killer Clowns from Outer Space on it. Nice. Uh, thank you very much for joining us for part one, Killer Clowns In Madness Pod.